Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 34 of Intuitive Bites Podcast. For the show today, I'm chatting with Krista Murius, who you may know from Instagram. If you don't already know her and you're not following her content, I definitely encourage you to go check her out because her content is consistently awesome. Like it's just incredible stuff. So uh, I will link in the show notes so you can easily find her. Um, But yeah, definitely go do that. Um, Also, this is super exciting because this is Krista's first appearance on a podcast episode. Um, She, yeah, she she told me that she's turned down a couple of other offerings because she wasn't quite ready to do it. So I'm super, super excited to be sharing this episode with you guys so you can hear her talk a little bit finally. Um, And we're talking about a really interesting topic, which is basically surrounded around the term healthy lifestyle change. This is something that if you have heard conversations with, you know, other professionals in the health at every size and intuitive eating space, you've probably heard us criticize this term a little bit. Um, But Krista and I are going to really break down why that is and, you know, what might be problematic about it. Um, So, yeah, definitely super interesting conversation ahead. Before I dive into this episode, I wanted to let you guys know that I do have more stickers in stock. So my Diet Culture is a Liar stickers are available. You can message me on Instagram. Uh, My handle is at the intuitive underscore RD. Uh, Or you can send me an email at the intuitive RD at gmail.com. So check that out if you're interested in getting some of those stickers. Um, That's all I have for you guys right now. So let's go ahead and listen in to my conversation with Krista. All right, Krista. So I'm really excited to chat with you today. We have a a pretty cool topic. But before we jump into that, why don't you um, just introduce yourself and a little bit about like what got you interested in intuitive eating and health at every size and all this stuff we talk about? Okay, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Kirsten. So my name is Krista Murius, and I'm recently certified as a health coach and also recently certified as an intuitive eating counselor. And I have a bit of a history as being a fitness coach and being really into like trying to eat clean and always trying to lose more weight and got a little bit obsessed with fitness and with trying to eat the quote unquote perfect diet. Mm -hmm. And it was in the midst of one of my many diets that I was listening to a podcast and first heard the term intuitive eating. And I was like, oh, what is that? Like, what does that mean that I can actually listen to my body to know what to eat? And I don't know, need to have all of these rules. And so I kind of wasn't ready to accept what intuitive eating was at that point, but it intrigued me and it made me look into it more. And a couple of years later, here I am. <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. And what was the podcast do you remember that you heard intuitive eating on or that term? It was a keto podcast of all. (laughs) So yeah, I was deep into keto at that point. (laughs) Yeah, that's so interesting. I feel like I've heard, you know, several people share that they heard intuitive eating kind of in one of those, 
not necessarily like, I don't know, <laughs> they like in places where they didn't totally understand the concept maybe, and maybe they were talking about it in terms of like weight loss or something like that, but it could be kind of the seed that obviously gets you to where you're at now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like it definitely wasn't introduced as what I know intuitive eating to be now. It was more like, here's how to intuitively do keto, <laughs> but it was enough to get me thinking about it and learning more. And then slowly I was able to get out of that diet mindset and embrace intuitive eating and a non-diet approach. Cool. Super exciting. Okay. So this idea that I wanted to dive in a little bit more with you today is essentially um, the term like lifestyle change. Um, I feel like it's, uh, I mean, I'm definitely someone who has pointed out the problems with that term. And, and honestly, it's really just the way, maybe it's the way that it's used by some people, but I'm curious to get your initial thoughts on like, you know, this term lifestyle change and how it could be problematic or how it could not be problematic, all that. <laughs> yeah, this is a term that gets thrown around a lot. And it's something that when I was doing and promoting diets, I used the term lifestyle change too. And I think it gets a really bad reputation because diet companies have realized that the word diet has this really negative connotation these days. We know that diets don't work. And so what they've done is they're still selling diets, but they've rebranded their diets as lifestyle changes. And that term just somehow sounds better to a lot of people. And I know I really bought into this rebranding for years because I believed that I had never really dieted. But now when I look back on it, I realized that I was dieting for years because I was doing cleanses, I was doing clean eating, calorie counting, macro tracking, measuring my portions obsessively, and I'm not even sure what I believed that dieting was at the time, but I was just pretty sure that what I was doing was not dieting, yeah. and so this clever marketing clearly works, right? Oh, so yeah. it's something that I talk about a lot now because I think a lot of people agree that dieting doesn't work and nobody wants to be dieting, but yet nobody seems to clue in that what they're doing might actually be dieting, right? So it's something that I try to talk about a lot on my Instagram anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'm really interested in this topic as well, and just this concept of lifestyle change, because in my nutrition studies, again, like you're saying, like, I was very much that person that was like, oh, of course, like fad diets don't work, like nobody should be doing them, like blah, 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 blah. And yet at the same time, I was engaging in, you know, <laughs> behaviors that were diet behaviors and they were rooted in diet mentality. And that's interesting to me that I could be engaging in those things and think that they were not harmful to me and that they could really result in lasting change. And yet I was frustrated and ashamed that they weren't working and I couldn't continue doing them. But it didn't click for me that it was all kind of the same thing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I really thought that I was doing this long-term healthy lifestyle thing and I, I thought it was all my fault that my weight kept yo-yoing and I wasn't getting anywhere with it. So I think we just need some more awareness about what dieting really is. Like not just telling people, hey, dieting doesn't work, but maybe what you're doing, trying to be healthy and in the name of wellness is actually dieting too. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it can be frustrating for people because they genuinely want to make changes in their life that will serve their health or whatever. And I think that where it becomes problematic or an issue is when it's like this very rigid black and white. Okay. Like these are all the things that I don't, think are healthy about my current lifestyle that I'm just going to change come Monday or tomorrow or whatever. And it's like, okay, let me just like 
get rid of all the bad, quote unquote, and get in it, you know, <laughs> start right. with all the quote unquote good. And it's very rigid. It's very sudden. Um, and it's not, it's not sustainable, right? Yeah, exactly. Like dieting is so much of the black and white and the good food lists and the bad food lists and all of the rules. And so like what I think of as a real lifestyle change would be leaving dieting behind and getting away from those rules and not looking at it so black and white. Yes, exactly. And like, I mean, that process of intuitive eating or leaving dieting in the past, however you want to put it, is not like you said, it's not black and white, it's gray, it's up and down, it's back and forth, and it's not a linear journey. And, you know, I think that we're uncomfortable with that coming from dieting and expecting things to all of a sudden, like, be sorted out and figured out, you know, and I think people come to intuitive eating sometimes and thinking, think that it will just get sorted out really quickly. And then there'll be an intuitive eater. And that's the end of the story, you know? Yeah, it definitely doesn't happen that quickly. And I've been at it for over a year and a half. And sometimes I still have to think about, is this a diet thought in my head? And why am I making these choices? So it's definitely not something that comes quickly, but it's something that we can learn. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Absolutely. And I, I always try to talk to people who, you know, when a client asks me like, um, you know, how quick would you expect me to get to whatever point, you know, the point where I'm pretty good with intuitive eating. And, you know, I always give kind of a vague answer because it, it really deserves a vague answer because everyone's different and everyone's been through different um, dieting paths, you know, but um, yeah, so I don't know. It's a, it's a very indiv- individualized thing. We can't like confirm when, you know, when somebody's going to kind of get to a better place. But I, I like to make sure that people understand like, hey, like, even though you're not going to be like, at the end of where you're supposed to be, you know, when you're doing well with intuitive eating a month from now, you're going to be better off, you're going to have a healthier relationship to food on that spectrum, if you're working at it for a month, you know, whatever that might be for you. Yeah, for sure. And I think we need to remember, too, that you can't do intuitive eating perfectly because if you try to, then you're just kind of turning it into another diet, right? So I think we need to be okay with not always knowing if we're the right amount of hungry and not always knowing if we're the right amount of full and just kind of stumbling through it and being willing to make mistakes because it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Krista. I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah, because I I mean you know, and there's nothing wrong or bad about starting in this place. But like, if you're obsessing about like, am I exactly, you know, as hungry as I should the right amount of hungry to eat this meal right now? Or am I exactly at this perfect stopping point or whatever? (laughs) Like, um, that's kind of that's still a diet, too. So you can absolutely turn intuitive eating into a diet. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So then this brings me to the question, you know, can, like I, I pointed out before that maybe somebody who's embarking on a lifestyle change or whatever, like they're coming from this very like real place inside of them that wants to engage in healthier behaviors. Like can a healthier lifestyle change be done or like how would somebody approach that if they're in that place? Um, well, if you're asking like what is a lifestyle change and can it be done, I'm, I think that the way diet culture uses it, that lifestyle change term, it's just code for dieting and it's used to describe making quote unquote healthy changes usually with the goal of weight loss. Yeah. And the point is it's not a diet because diets are seen as gimmicky and short term, but then they'll sell their lifestyle change as something that can be done long term and that is somehow above or better than dieting. 
But what it really means is that we're just stuck dieting for life when we follow this yeah. so-called lifestyle change. And it's just not sustainable for the vast majority of people because it usually means cutting out food, uh, eating less than our bodies need and being preoccupi preoccupied with weight loss and just never feeling fully satisfied with our bodies yeah. for life. So what I would argue is that the real lifestyle change that we need to see happening in our culture is more people leaving dieting behind and learning to trust their bodies again. And that's the way that I see people being able to make real lasting change. Yeah. I'll never refer to that as a lifestyle change because of the way that <laughs> diet culture has co-opted the term, but yes. the kind of lifestyle that I want to live and want to help other people to live is one of accepting our bodies as they are, just feeling really free around food and not bound by rules and being at peace. So I promote taking care of your body by nourishing it properly and engaging in movement you enjoy and not for the goal of weight loss, but just because it makes you feel your best. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think it's interesting, Krista, because I think that the way that intuitive eating a lot of times is kind of perceived by people on Instagram or, you know, social media or online in general is, you know, a lot about like the beginning stages of like reconnecting to your body and like, you know, um, I don't know. And it can be a little bit of a chaotic process for people sometimes in the beginning because it's, it's hard to give, to leave dieting in the past and leave um, all these food rules in the past. Um, but the reality is, you know, with time, um, when you come to this more balanced place with food and all of that, like you can make changes in your life that, um, that support your health. You know, it's just going to be not about weight loss. It's not going to be about changing your body in any way. It's just going to be about like nourishing yourself, like you're saying, and, and feeling your best. Um, and also just like simply like honoring your health. And that's, that's okay too. It's just that sometimes in the beginning of intuitive eating and leaving dieting in the past, like that whole, like getting the nutrition piece in or honoring your health isn't priority number one, because we need to prioritize like healing our relationship to food in our body. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what a lot of people get caught up on that don't maybe quite understand the whole process of intuitive eating yet is they'll, they'll get hooked on this idea of making peace with food. And well, you mean I'm just going to eat ice cream whenever I want, or all I'm going to want to eat is cake if I don't have rules. And I think people need to know that that there might be a phase where all you want to eat is cake and ice cream, but it doesn't last forever because that's not what's going to make your body feel best. So you need to get through that phase where you might want to eat all the things that you restricted on your diet. And then eventually, as you're listening to your body, you're just not going to want those kinds of foods all the time. And you will start craving the foods that make you feel better. Yeah, yeah. And when those foods aren't restricted, like they hold a lot less power in your life, because you know, you can have them like, whenever you want. I forget who it was that posted this at one point, but it was like, you know, just this concept that there's, there's power and permission. And I think people have to experience that for themselves to really believe it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The food definitely loses power. Like I used to really think that I was addicted to chocolate and I would not keep it in the house because I would, I couldn't eat it in moderation. I had to just eat all of the amount of chocolate that was in my pantry before I could stop. And chocolate just, I still like it, but it's not that exciting now that I know that I can have it whenever I want. So there's always chocolate in the pantry and I can have a bite or two when I want and it doesn't have the power over me that it used to when I was dieting. Yeah. Yeah. Krista, it's funny too. You said that you use that word like moderation, like I can't eat it in moderation. And I just think that's that word for me is so interesting because I feel like I used to think, you know, 
that I was supposed to just like do moderation. Like I was supposed to like make moderation happen by essentially by restricting myself and depriving myself. Yeah. Like, so it was like, okay, like I can have chocolate, but I'm going to have a moderate amount. So I'm only going to allow myself this many, you know, X number of squares. And then I wouldn't be able to do that. Or I would finish that allotted amount. And I would feel like I couldn't get my fill. I couldn't get what I was, I needed to be satisfied. So I just think that the, the term moderation is so interesting because it's like really, it's kind of used as a method in diet culture. You're supposed to like make moderation become a thing in your diet rather than kind of it being an outcome of just having this healthy relationship to food. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like I think a lot of people talk about moderation and balance, like this is what you need to do to have a healthy relationship with food, but then they're actually using balance and moderation as a way of restricting, right? So I think we don't need to focus on moderation so much, but that when we're listening to our body and eating what makes us feel good, we'll naturally just eat things in moderate amounts, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. Um, So what are your thoughts on, I guess, red flags, you know, that might signify that something is a lifestyle change that, you know, may be rooted in, in diet mentality? Yeah, I was thinking about this. So I actually pulled up an article that I love that was written by Virgie Tovar in mm-hmm. Ravishly. So I've got it here if you don't mind if I read the, the yeah. point you mentioned. I just love her points and it helped make it really clear to me yeah. what the difference was between dieting and a healthy lifestyle change. So she listed eight clues that your lifestyle change is actually a diet. So the first one is that it encourages categorizing food in binary ways such as superior and inferior, healthy and unhealthy, good and bad, clean and not clean. Mm-hmm. And in a non-diet approach, we, re- we reject these terms because food should be neutral and it's definitely not good or bad. So that's a good sign that you're actually dieting. Um, number two is that it involves breaking food into quantifiable units like calories and grams. So I definitely did a lot of that in the past. (laughs) The third one is that it positions weight gain as a sign that you're not doing something right. Um, Fourth is that the people who represent the ideal for this lifestyle are all thin. Um, The fifth one is that among the many benefits of this lifestyle, weight loss is an important one. So if it, no matter what they're saying about wellness and health, if weight loss is really emphasized, then I believe that's a good sign that it's a diet. Yeah. this point I had to think about because it says if it led to a better, happier life, but it involved gaining weight, you'd no longer be interested. And I think that's important for people to think about because we like to think that dieting is going to lead to this better, happier life. But yet, if it involved us gaining weight, we wouldn't want to do it anymore. So I think we need to consider that sometimes your better, happier life does involve gaining weight. Yes. Yep. Um, And then the seventh one is you feel shame when you've eaten certain things and pride when you've eaten other things. So getting back to that place where food is just neutral, we shouldn't feel bad about what we eat. We shouldn't feel superior about things that we eat. And then the last one she mentioned was that when you envision yourself five or 10 years into this lifestyle, your body looks radically different. So when it's all about changing your body and making it look different or somehow better, then that would be a diet. So In short, if it involves rules, moralizing food and weight loss, that's a good sign it's a diet. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. I'll have to, you'll have to send that article my way so I can link. Yeah, it was a good one. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Wow. I love Bergie Tovar. She's good stuff. Um, Yeah, I love that. That's, that was super helpful. So Krista, 
I guess just to leave it off here, if someone's listening to our conversation here and it's really resonating, it's hitting home, um, you know, what would you, what words of advice would you have for them right now? What can they do? Uh, well, I would say that if someone is actually wanting to make a lifestyle change, that's totally understandable, even whether it's wanting to lose weight or wanting to just improve their health. I think that if someone's certain that they do need to lose weight, this is something that they can dig into a little bit. I think it's a completely normal desire in this thin obsessed culture that we live in. But I found it really helpful to recognize that I can opt out of diet culture and I don't have to play by these rules. You don't have to buy into the idea that thinner is always better and always healthier because that's not true. And reading books like Health at Every Size and Body Respect helped me a lot in retraining my brain to learn that weight loss isn't the answer to everything. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's nothing wrong with wanting to adopt some healthier habits, but it's when weight loss and restriction become the focus that that's when it becomes a problem. And that's what diets do. This just leads to weight cycling and weight gain in the long term often. So I think people need to be able to take weight loss off the table and focus on adding healthy behaviors to your life, not on restricting or taking things out of your life. Yeah. So things like adding joyful movements and eating intuitively, and that's a much better way to ensure that you're doing something that's sustainable and health promoting, which dieting is neither. And for someone looking to adopt a healthier lifestyle, I'd beware of people that are selling weight loss and look for ways to improve their health and how they feel that have nothing to do with food rules or losing weight. Um, reading intuitive eating is a great place to start mm -hmm. and finding a certified intuitive eating counselor or a dietitian that can help guide them through the process can be really helpful too. I love that. Oh my gosh. So helpful. Thank you, Krista. I'm so glad that we were able to coordinate this today. Can yeah. you tell people where they can find you and you know, what resources you have? Yeah, well, I'm just getting started. I've been on Instagram for about a year and a half and you can find me there at Krista Murius. And my website is under construction. So you can visit it at kristamirius.com, but it will just take you to the page that says currently under construction, but hopefully it will be live soon. Awesome. Okay, great. Thank you again, Krista. Thank you so much, Kristen. Of course. All right, guys, that is a wrap on episode 34. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I am going to link below to where you can find Krista online on her website and on Instagram. Again, I, I really highly encourage you to check out her content. Um, you will not regret doing that. Uh, also, if you are interested in one of those diet culture is a liar stickers, reach out to me quickly. Um, and I will get you some of those. You can email me at theintuitiverd at gmail.com or you can just DM me on Instagram. My handle is at theintuitive underscore RD. Um, the stickers went out of sale like literally, I think in under a week last time I put them up for sale. So um, reach out to me if you are interested in getting some of those before they're gone. Um, and also if you haven't already left a rating or review on iTunes, I probably sound like a broken record, but I would greatly appreciate you heading over there and doing that. Um, cause it makes it a lot easier for more people to hear this message and, you know, to get my, my podcast into more ears. Um, so that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you have an awesome week and I will chat with you soon.